my final rule for life. Don't be an incel. Have a bird take a dump on you. Step in some dog poo. Like, do that. That's part of being a kid. See a hedgehog. See a hedgehog. Jesus. It just annoys me because people are missing out on important experiences. This week, we are going to be talking 10 rules for life. We are going to be giving you more wisdom, more great advice, more things that you can take away from the podcast and apply it to your own life. The first rule for life. Shop at Aldi. Okay, go to Aldi. Now, I have a I have a thing about Aldi. I think it's a fantastic supermarket. If you don't shop there, you're either dumb or a multimillionaire. Okay, one of the two. So most people are dumb, let's face it. They are not shopping at Aldi because they don't understand. They don't understand the culture. They don't understand sure. the culture of the shop. They don't get it. Most people are dumb. Some people, okay, they don't have an Aldi in their local area. Fair enough. I'll let you off. You're still Thank probably you. dumb, but I'll let you no. off. I fall into this bracket. Yeah, this is exactly you. Aldi is a fantastic place. It's a magical place. Okay, I went there this morning. Okay, <laughs> beautiful place. Lovely place. Picked up my trolley. You go cruising through through the aisles. Ding dong. Here we go. Here, let's get a you know bag of carrots, twenty four p. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. And I'm going through Easy Peel Satsumas. 95p i'll have you only buy orange food carrots yes i'm gonna go through that my entire big shop as well (laughs) (laughs) sit back and relax what i'm saying is it's a great place very good value for money i think some people think of it and they think oh oh no i wouldn't wouldn't go there oh god no oh no i used to be in the same category until we started in the family shop there and it was like oh god this is actually quite good for example recently i tried aldi beans baked beans now I've always been another, another orange through. food. Yeah. Carrots, <laughs> satsumas, and beans. <laughs> I've always been Heinz through and through, Heinz till I die. But they're so expensive, right? And everywhere you go, I've started buying 32p beans. And now these are actually exactly the same. They're exactly the same. This is why you should shop at Aldi because everything tastes the same. It's just half the price. And it's a fantastic place to go. Lovely culture, lovely way about it. And, you know, I think they encourage you to do self-checkout and all those kind of things. It's just a beautiful experience. Get it done in 10, 15 minutes. Whiz round, get your stuff, go home. Thoughts? I can uh, come at this with a, a rudimentary level of expertise because I have in these shop to Aldi myself at uni. Quite a uni thing, isn't it? Have you? you shopped at Aldi? Yeah, for a year. For my third year of uni, frequented Aldi a lot. Uh, I thought you hated it. She had a car, she drove <laughs> She had a that's why I, I hate it because I used to go. No, she had a car we could drive out or whatever. There wasn't one in the, the old city center that was dominated by Tesco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, we went to Aldi. I have to say, in uh, comparing Aldi supermarket food to other supermarket foods, I would say the meat is a bit iffy. The meat is a bit iffy. I would say that you can tell the difference between Aldi meat and a Tesco meat because I'm yeah. Tesco through and through. I was born and raised mm-hmm. on the Tesco diet. You know, every little helps. I've got that tattooed on my lower back. And your ass. Exactly. But the knockoff brands are amazing. And uh, it was a hobby of mine to go and look at the kind of, you know, the knockoff brand. You can get the party rings, like little biscuit type things. And you've gone for the healthy stuff. Yeah. They would. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, it's not not orange though. So it doesn't have yours. But then they'd have some weird name like party circles or something like that. Mm -hmm. Party donuts, you know, whatever. And you know what they are. Party rings, you know, similar branding, but just a bit different. You know what they are. And sometimes you know it. You know it. Sometimes they taste better, the Aldi kind of knockoff. This is the thing. But they are a lot cheaper. 
You this get... is the thing I was going to get onto. So there's loads of Aldi stuff that I actually prefer over the branded stuff now. So for example, like crisps, I prefer over Walkers. I've had their Weetabix. I prefer that over the actual Weetabix. Um, there's, there's loads of other different things. I won't go down the whole list. But okay. what I'm saying is actually you'll often find that they're cheaper and they taste nicer. Now, in yes. some cases, they'll be better for you. Some cases, they'll be slightly worse for you. It varies from product to product. But generally, they're just a lot better value for money. And I love value for money. Fantastic. And when, this... once you've been to like the other shops as well, there's a huge difference. There's like little sort of local corner shops near me. And it's twice the price for everything. It's ludicrous. Yeah. It's like being in a different country. I'm like, what's going on here? Why is this three quid for a punnet of grapes? <laughs> in this current climate as well, there's a person issue with your cost of living, the inflation. So I'm all over that. As for shopping experience, though, I don't think Morrison's can be beaten. Really? It's taking a stroll down Market Street with your trolley and they've got the bakery done up like a rustic bakery. They've mm-hmm. got the... It's not, it's not called a fishery. What's it called? The little Fishmongers. Fish fishmongers. That's you've got a fishmongers. Thank God somebody can formulate words this week. Thank you've God got the deli- cultured. You've yeah. got the delicatessen. Stick that in there. There's uh, a word. Just deli- you know, you're driving, you're driving down there. You're walking down there. You're like, well, this is amazing. And a whole kind of cacophony smells there. So I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I suppose the, the Audi equivalent would be the middle aisle thing they've got going on. So they have that. Little have that going on. Middle aisle, middle aisle at Little. Mm-hmm. where you walk down there and it's just random. It's random shit, though. It's not like fish. It's yeah, it is. A for beach me, ball. Here's a beach ball. I I don't even look at it. It's it's obviously the place where they make the most money, though. That's where the bigger margins are. They yeah, try yeah, to lure you in with that maybe. middle aisle thing. But I've honestly never looked through it at all. I don't know. To me, it all just looks like stuff you'd find at Argos. Like, just sort of like yeah. Argos is junk. It's a bit... I have, I have this rule with takeaways, which sounds like a bit of a segue, but it's not. It is. Like, if you're looking to get fish and chips... This is mental. <laughs> right. If you're looking to get fish and chips, there are some takeaways out there that do your curries and your kebabs, your general takeaway food under that umbrella. And they also do fish and chips. Now, 10 times out of 10, those fish and chips will be disgusting. Mm-hmm. If you want fish and chips, you go to a fish and chip shop. Really? Just in the same in the same sense that if I'm looking for a pair of football boots, I'm not going to go to the Aldi middle aisle where I've seen football boots. I'm going to go to your <laughs> reputable sports direct, your You've pro, seen football boots in the middle aisle. Yes, they've there's in, in Aldi. In, I think someone's uh, just left their pair as like walking around yeah, they for stunk. football training. They stunk. My advice is shop at Aldi. Your your advice is go to a fish and chip shop. Is that your first <laughs> one? <laughs> it's just a solid piece of advice. So what's your first piece of advice? Your first rule mine, for life. Uh, rock your Crocs <laughs> now. Don't take me literally. Don't go out there and buy a pair of Crocs. I'm just saying that when I was in the market for Crocs, which was before they had this Croc renaissance. You, you, you always like to say that you're that's like the cutting edge of fashion. You always say it's about no. every fashion, no, no, the no, mullets, no. the Crocs, it's everything. <laughs> I did it first. You know, there was once a the conversation I had at uni, I think, where I said, like, I reached the height of narcissism where I said, like, did you anybody else not realise that uh, nobody wore backwards caps before me? We kind of <laughs> And everybody put me in my place. And apparently that was a thing back in like the 90s or some it's shit. It's always been know. a thing. Yeah, apparently. I was like, you know, I started, I, I did it because I don't go out there and look at what other people are doing, believe it or not. <laughs> Rock your cross. What I mean by that is if I listen to everybody else's advice when it came to, you know, when I was in the market for some recreational footwear, I'd have probably got sliders. Mm. Flip flops, boring. I got Crocs. Everybody was like, my mum was like, 
they're so ugly. Everybody was saying they haven't been a thing for about 20 years, even if that. They're so clunky. They're for kids, some people were yeah. saying. Are they they're for kids? Yeah. Um, and so you, you look at some of the gibbets you can buy, which are like the little rubber things that you can put in the front of them, little illustration type things. And they are all marketed towards kids. But besides the point, the general gist of what I'm saying is don't put too much weight on what other people say mm. because you will earn more respect from people if you just do whatever you want anyway with flagrant disregard for what everybody else says or their feelings mm-hmm. don't care don't care just you do you sis and i think that comes with age i think it's a wise that's a wisdom thing yeah rocky crocs care. that's a wisdom don't, thing that don't don't care what other I think people Gandhi think. said that yep <laughs> That's uh, it's actually Aristotle had a pair. Oh, was it? Back, <laughs> back in the day, everybody thinks that the Greeks wore like crusty sandals, but actually, they were rocking the Crocs. And I've got Crocs. them on now. I've got them on now. You wear them inside. Of course, I do. That's the brilliant slippers. Fun. You can wear them inside slippers. I'm not. I'm seventy. They are there for all people. Crocs are for young people. Slippers for all people. Do you have slippers with the backs on, or do you have the flippy floppy slippers? Uh, backs on these days. I've had both before, but backs on. These and days. do you know the brilliant thing about Crocs is that you can wear your Crocs to the back. But you can also move the back up and wow. wear them as flippy floppy as well. Now, is that not incredible? Am I not selling them to you? No. There's your Christmas present. There's your Christmas <laughs> present from me. In a wider sense, Go on. it's so easy, I think, especially if you're devoid of confidence, to put a lot of weight on what other people are saying around you. Uh, it's all background noise. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say from my experience. Don't care about it too much. Nobody thinks about you as much as you think about yourself. Maybe that's a me thing. But. Mm. Don't think, you know, overthink, maybe I should do this, but then maybe they might think this. They probably won't even notice. And, and sure. to be honest, this links onto my next one as well a little bit, which my, my next one is live life by design, not by default. For me, this is about it's very easy to get sucked into this sort of cycle of doing everything that everyone else is doing, living life the same way as everyone else. It's, you have to live it by design for what is right for you as an individual, not by default as in what everyone else is doing, the collective mass. Don't just go along with what everyone else is doing. Live things, live life on your terms, okay? You don't want to be the, the sort of default character that you select on like a, a sort of main menu, do you? Don't be the <laughs> default character. You like to make some changes. You like to, you know, wear the clothes that you want to wear on that character, uh, change the, their styling, you know, whatever it is in this particular game. This is a game as life. Life is a game. Okay, you should be doing playing games exact, with everybody. You should be doing the exact same thing in real life as you do in games. Design your life for you, construct it, build it. Okay, if it's GTA, obviously don't run over people. But what I'm saying is, Strip club. great place, never been, but I'm sure it's a great establishment. Feminist, I think. That's All that's for feminism. It. I think that's feminism. I'm a far right feminist, always have been. What I'm saying is, you've got to live your life on your own terms here. Okay, we don't want to get sucked into what everyone else is doing, because then you're just going to be like everyone else. And what's, why, why would you want to default to the mean? Your edge over other people, your competitive edge, is make, you know your uniqueness. It's your unique yep. set of traits, skills, hobbies, things that you're doing, experiences that are massed together to mould somebody who is, I guess, high value. You know, look at look like Steve Jobs, for example. Steve Jobs, let's take Steve Jobs. Dead. He is dead, officially, can confirm breaking news but <laughs> he took a calligraphy class in college or whatever i don't know he took a calligraphy class early on okay i think he only went into a few of these different calligraphy classes 
But that set of skills that he did, which was pretty niche, it's a pretty niche thing to go and do. It's not something that the vast majority of people are doing. But the skills and experience he built from that was applied to the first fonts that were used on the Mac. And he took those experiences because he was prepared to do something that was out of the norm. He did live his life by design, not default, and was therefore able to apply it later on in life. You've got to do those things, you know, flow in the direction you want to flow in. Be like water, as they say. <laughs> Flow like water. Okay, so on to your second one now. Don't forget where you came from. I've recently moved away from home to the big city. Concrete jungle. Air pollution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Breathe in. But I think of most of the mistakes that I've made in my life every night while I'm trying to go to sleep. Oh, and I feel it. like I'm most prone to making mistakes. <laughs> that's awful. Let me just go through all those mistakes. Just I'm trying to get to sleep. I'm just going to go through every mistake. The mind oh, wonders, man. isn't it? The, when the lights are off, the mind wonders. This is really it? helping me get to sleep, this. All I can't help it. I can't help it. But most of the massive, major mistakes I've made in my life is when I've lost sight with the... It sounds really wanky. When I've mm, lost... Sure it, it does every week. When yeah. I've lost sight of the journey that I've been on to it's get me to climb. where I am. <laughs> you you all saves too deep there, I think. <laughs> but get some auto-tune on it. But basically, if you're caught up in that moment that you're living in, you lose sight, you lose the perspective that you have, you start making rash decisions that are not true to yourself. I'm not going to get too specific with all of my mistakes, because I mean, how long have you got? Not it's long easy. enough. <laughs> when you're kind of obsessively working towards something, it's easy to get stuck and caught up in that bubble. We've spoken about the uni bubble before, but obviously, if you're, you can have it with your work life. You could have it if you recently moved away from home. Feels like a new start, a fresh start. You can get a bit isolated. You get tunnel vision. I'm quite prone to that. You lose sight of the bigger picture, the journey that you've been on to get to that point, which can, for some people, be a momentous journey, a journey where a lot has happened. And I feel like if you lose sight of that, you lose touch with that, you get caught up in the uni bubble, say like I did a, a few times, you start making decisions that are not necessarily true to yourself, if I've explained that mm -hmm. in the best kind of manner possible, if you get what I mean by that. I don't know if you will have experienced it yourself, but you might have seen it in other people, maybe. Yeah, do you, are you on about like being able to take a step back and sort of look at the sort of take perspective on the sort of whole picture of, of everything that's happened? Kind of yeah, like. exactly that. And I'm thinking like in terms of sitting back and maybe you get a university essay back and it's not what you expected. You get so bogged down and you know, I should have done better with that. I'm this and that. And you start drawing conclusions from that, start extrapolating conclusions from that. Take a step back and look at the bigger picture of how you got to where you got to. And you wouldn't have got to where you got to if you were as shit as you were telling yourself that you're on type thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of that. And there's a bit of keep your feet on the ground. Don't get too arrogant. Don't think you're all this and that and start acting as if you're this and that. Because at the end of the day, we all end up in the same place, don't we? Dead worms you, chewing us. Look at where you came from, even if it's a shit hole. Mm -hmm. Look at where you're ending up. Exactly the same place. Six feet under. Unless you're cremated, burned to a crisp cremation or burial is uh, my question for you this week uh i'd bloody love to be cremated shot up into a big firework <laughs> explode well, into a billion sprinkled pieces. over everybody else yeah maybe actually just don't bother cremating me beforehand just do it with the body just do it with the whole body let me just like fly off in different directions like different pieces <laughs> <laughs> like you people know. that down below going oh quick pick, pick his ear up and that kind of thing <laughs> like just little pieces it's a bit industrial which is why i would be cryogenically frozen 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go for that, and then we'll we'll come back for a, a season two of the podcast. We'll both do it. <laughs> season two. What's the overall sort of overarching title of that rule? I would say, don't forget where you come from. Don't forget where you're going. My third rule for life: don't let your kids on social media. Okay, do not let them on. This is no place for children. Okay, you should not be allowing your children to be spending huge amounts of times on social media. Completely pointless. You know, back in the day, children would play outside, they'd ride bikes, they'd be kidnapped for the rich. And nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, save that on... for next week. <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Nowadays, we don't have that. Nowadays, Glenn Maxwell isn't picking them up in a car, isn't luring them for some modelling gig, massaging, etc. <laughs> Nowadays, they're inside and they're scrolling through TikTok. That's not good. I'm saying that's not good. I am not. don't want them to be picked up by Glenn Maxwell. She's behind bars. She can't pick them up anyway. She's off the streets. But what I am saying is get them outside a bit more. Get them on a bike. Get them climbing a tree and breaking a leg. Like, do something that's going to get them some life experience. Glenn Maxwell can't get to them, but Mother Nature can get to them. (laughs) Let's get them getting a few bruises. Let's get them, you know, getting a few scrapes, stung by some nettles, playing football out there, you know, um, talking to, like, some weird old bloke in the park who's got a few things wrong with him and he's a little bit creepy and perhaps you want to keep an eye on him or whatever. But, like, get them out there into life. Get them out there. Eat some soil or whatever. Like, do whatever you've got to do to sort of get get a bit of grass stains on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't really see them anymore, do you? You don't, you don't really see grass stains anymore. I think about this the other day. It's so weird you say that. Um, it's because people don't. They don't get active anymore. They're not sliding around on their knees and they're you know yeah. wearing joggers or whatever. Do some bird watching. I feel as... <laughs> I can get behind that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna slag that off <laughs> my year six days. You know, nature. That is nature. But I think we were. Do you think we were the last generation of of kids to grow up? Because when I had my first like proper smartphone, I was at least 13, 14, 15 when I got my first like, iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I still had that those experiences of playing outside until it gets to the fucking sunset or whatever. It gets dark, yeah. and then you get called in by your parents. I hate that I've become one of those people that talks like an old person. I was like, you know, back when I was younger, but it's true. Mm. And I think my sister is probably, you know, she's, she exists. She's <laughs> six years, five or six years younger. She didn't have that. She didn't play as much. Whether that was because she was a girl. I don't know if girls mm. didn't do that or whatever. But I think we were the last generation to have that kind of experience of, People knocking on your door to see if you're playing out. Yeah, that, that was a big you. thing. Even though we still had phones and you would sort of sometimes, and you would text each other sometimes as well. Or I, I'd speak over Xbox Live or something to my mates and like be like, oh, you know, do you want to go and play football? That kind of thing. Even still, like you were close enough where you'd just pop around and knock and be like, yeah. do you want to come out and play football? That kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, and I said messenger, send them a nudge. Oh, I, I was never on that. I was never never on that. that. You no, never no, had no. that. Always a bit behind on the, the old tech. Well, you're, you're older than me, aren't you? So it's obviously uh, barely, an oldie thing. Barely. Oldie thing. Somebody, somebody asked me how old I was today, and I said it, and I was like, oh, heart sunk. 24. 69. <laughs> I had another point to make on this, and I think it related to the fact when you said about the old creepy guy in the park, because obviously the park that's closest to my house at home, the old Round Hay Park. Who's going to be the old creepy guy in Round Hay Park? Jimmy Savile. Literally lived in a penthouse. Every park, the park needs a creepy bloke, and kids aren't getting around these creepy blokes anymore. And it's it's an issue. It's an issue because <laughs> they need to find that sort of inner strength. They need those experiences. They need that dodgy bloke they have to run away from. Like they yep. need that to and know that think, that exists out there. Yeah, 
they need that stranger danger. They need to be nearly kidnapped or something that's going to give them a few knocks. If they don't know fire exists until they're 25, and they're then going to put their hands over a flame, aren't they? And not realize, yeah. like, you've got to have that early on in them. Put that in there, the dodgy bloke. Okay, yeah, don't they go too near your uncle. Do you know I mean, you've got to have something there that makes them sort of question about these sort of dangers potentially out there. But you've also yeah. got to have their, got to have them out there in sort of. The, the wild of nature where things can go wrong, you can fall from a tree. Like, I think they need that. I think it's important. Go down some dodgy slide, which looks like it's going to break any moment. Go to an abandoned building where they have creaky sort of floorboards, graffiti everywhere, needles, that kind of stuff. Needles. Get socialized <laughs> into it. I'm being serious. Get socialized stay, into the needles early. I stay away from the needles, but there's no... no don't, don't be injecting them. Just have a sniff or whatever. There's no better way of learning than doing. <laughs> Stay away from the tinfoil, but yeah, have, have a little look what's going on with the needles. Fucking shocking. Fucking shocking. No, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Stop being on TikTok. Get it's out like there. And... Thinking about where you grew up, how many needles were scattered? <laughs> you didn't grow up in the Bronx, did you? Come on. <laughs> Everyone's got needles. Everyone's got your... needles. In your ends, in your ends on that estate, in my the country end. estate, that is the country estate. In, in, semi, yeah. semi country. Um, there's no, there's no better way of learning about the world than living in it and doing is basically a point, isn't it? I say. I'm curious to know out there. I mean, we probably don't have that many people of a sort of ten year old age listening, and they should, certainly shouldn't be listening. But if we do, I'm curious to hear like. Are kids playing out as much now? Because I don't yeah, feel like I, I see it a lot. No. I mean, I see occasionally kids on bikes. They're usually absolutely mental and are a little bit like too full on. But I don't yeah. know if I see the sort of like kids playing out. Get dirty, you know, spoil yeah. a few pairs of joggers, get those shoes <laughs> dirty. Like that's that's a bit what being a kid's about. Live that yeah. life. Certainly getting out is what kids, what being a kid is all about. I don't think that that happens. We always used to play on the field by our house. And when we stop playing out, nobody's played in that sense. So I don't think that as many kids are, are getting out now. And to be honest, though, if you're growing up now, you wouldn't, would you? Because you think that there's everything that you need on TikTok or whatever, the Xbox or yeah. trying to sound too much like a fossil here. But you know, <laughs> like you, the, they probably see no appeal to it. We'll go out where, where it can rain. Mm. Or a bird could shit on me. Well, that's the thing. If you're seeing room. people, if you're seeing each other at school, people might just have a tendency to go, "Well, I see him at school. I need to see him outside of school, or uh, outside of school will just connect on social media or whatever." And I guess that's that's sort of what we did was just talk on social media outside of school. But that's because we didn't really live near each other. Whereas yeah. if you've got people on your estate, people of your own age that you've grown up with, like just meet them in person. Like you know, you can also do play play with them on Xbox or whatever. But you know, do something in person as well. It's important to have those experiences to create those memories. You know, one time we made um we made like a tried to make a tree house in our mate's back garden. All we did was basically flatten down this tree. And then we made a table one day out of some old wood we found. I think uh. we found it in my granddad's shed or something. Uh. And we started like getting nails and stuff. We're about 12 at this point. It's like nailing some wood together or whatever. So yeah. I'm trying to create this table. It was wonky. It was awful. And then we put the table in this tree house that we created. And, you know, like you do things like that. It's creative. Yeah. It gets you using your initiative, gets you out of the house. You know, it's good. We had a day where we basically just spent it walking through the woods my friend stepped on it was a plank of wood with a rusty nail that had obviously gone through the other side of the wood and was pointing upwards. And he went to A and E thinking he had tetanus, but he didn't. But that experience, exactly, that character that's been built 
out of spending four or five hours thinking that your foot might rot off mm-hmm. is much more interesting, makes for a better story than, I don't know, again, playing COD. Sitting like around in your onesie, like, come on, <laughs> get outside, for God's sake. <laughs> get outside. Like, what's that onesie that you're sitting and you're like playing your you know, Nintendo Switch or whatever they have nowadays? Like, yeah, stop doing probably. that. Get outside. Get a bit of dirt on your face. Have a bird take a dump on you. Step exactly. in some dog poo. Like, do that. That's part of being a kid. Those experiences are necessary. Please, like, see a hedgehog. See a hedgehog. Jesus, it just annoys me because people are missing out on important experiences. The hedgehog, the hedgehog, they're so cute, hedgehogs. Exactly. Right, do you want my next one? You're going to find this point. You're going to find this relatively ironic because my next piece of advice, a rule for life, is always turn up early. (laughs) You were like forty minutes late to the Zoom call. I'm a busy boy. I'm a busy boy. But for me, I always hate being late. I'm always late. I always get sidetracked by something. Blame the ADHD. Play that card. Mm, But I think there's there's so many, nearly every situation I turn up to, I'm flustered because I haven't been ill-prepared. I've been prepared. But then I always get sidetracked and distracted by other things. That's where the attention deficit comes in. So you turn up flustered, a bit of anxiety, probably fucking sweating because you've had to rush, you've been, you're late, you're having to power walk or jog to get to where you need to be on time meeting somebody. It's not a nice vibe, is it, to be turning up and being feeling behind the eight ball and off the pace. I just think, you know what, I wish I just didn't get so waylaid so easily and I could just be one of those people that would turn up 10, 20 minutes early. You don't be really sat around for too long, half an hour's pushing it. Mm. Can never time it perfectly, so I don't bother trying to get there two minutes early. Like, you know, 10 minutes feels good to me, but I can never do it. Yeah, I was always one of those people who was sort of extra. I think I've, I've grown up in an extra cautious household when it comes to those kind of things. So, like, if, for example, when I used to need to be driven to the hairdressers in the previous place that we lived, uh, I'd have to be driven there by some, by my mum or dad or whatever. And it takes, like, 10, 15 minutes to get there. We'd always set off 20, 25 minutes beforehand. Yeah. So it's like always like an extra five or ten minutes for everything, even though like there's never really gonna be any traffic or whatever. And so I have grown up in an extra cautious household. So generally that's where I've been more towards is that sort of well, you know, it's gonna take me ten minutes to get there, but fifteen, yeah, we'll sort of fifteen minutes before though, just in case, that kind of thing. Whereas I think in the last maybe the last month, weirdly around the time of the billboard thing, mm. I found myself being late for things for the first time, like that's just a fame. few minutes late. That's the fame. They'll wait for me. <laughs> No, they can was, wait for me. It was just one of those things where I was like, I, I don't really know why. Maybe it was just a lot going on, or it was. My, I think it was also partly my way of dealing with so much going on. Was I was kind of like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? A few minutes late, it's not the end of the world, is it? So I'll just sort of go at my own pace. There's the ego. There's no, the I don't, ego. Well, I don't want to be sort of flustered. So rather than rush around, yeah. I'll be like, okay, I'll do it. yeah, if I'm two minutes late, three minutes late, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I have been a little bit more like that in the last month, but then I'm now sort of getting a little bit closer to some sort of middle ground, I think. But as, okay. as a general rule of thumb, it is good to be sort of around the time that you should be there or a couple of minutes early, try and say, get, improve your timing. It, give it five, 10 minutes. I, I don't know if this is a me thing, but I like to mentally prepare myself for the situation I'm about to enter as well. So say we're going, me and you are going out for dinner. We're going, we'll go for a tie. I seem to like that. Mm-hmm. I like to know ideally where we're going and when we'll, when we'll be going. So I can actually picture the restaurant, picture the kind of scenario situation, who's going to be there, 
generally what we're going to be talking about. If you know who's going to be there, you know what's going to come up, you know, you can't control that. But I like to have a mental picture of that. So it's absolutely inexplicable that I'm always turning up five, ten minutes late because it's not for me. I'm not kind of being like, oh, I'm late, I don't care. I'm like, I'm getting close to the time on the bus. And I'm on the bus, I'm like, fuck me. So I get into town in 10 minutes and I've got to be there in 15 minutes. But there's a 15-minute walk when I get off the bus, so I'm going to be late. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then you end up fucking pacing it there, whatever. You know, you turn up and you're like, sweating. I hate it. I'm always like that. I can't help it. I mean, I can help it because I started to help it. But previously, I was always getting distracted on whatever. You don't want to be that person if no. a group of you are meeting up. Oh, Toby's late again. Bit annoying, in it? So I did try and work on that, and I have them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not something you want, want to happen on a regular basis if you can help. It's something to sort of work through, isn't it? I just think if, for, for me at least, it became a habit. It was How close can I push this? Can I arrive exactly on time because I didn't want to wait around. I didn't want to be stood outside the restaurant in the rain waiting for five minutes. Yeah, so. you do have to factor in things that, that may potentially go wrong on the way there. If you're having to use public transport or drive somewhere, traffic yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely one of those skills that you've got to, got to sort of hone. And whether it be like setting... Uh, timers for yourself like on, on your phone and just like a timer for two minutes beforehand like this is when i'm going to definitely i have to put my shoes on at this point because yeah. i need to leave the house at this point whether it's stuff like that or whether it's just been a bit more sort of conscious and aware of how you're spending your time or where your awareness is being shifted between if it's on your phone or something like that that's distracting you just being able to sort of like be a bit more aware of it as well i think can be helpful exactly that's that's nail on the head stuff okay on to my fourth Bit of advice. My fourth rule for life. Go on. Hit me with it. Don't envy those you don't really know. Okay. Expand on that. That kind of semi-cryptic comment. Yeah, so it's a little bit sort of comparison of is a thief of joy, a little bit uh, sort of a bit of a factor in there. But being envious of people whose life that you wish you were living but you don't actually know the full extent of is a little bit stupid. Take Tiger Woods, for example. You might want to be like, you, you might think, oh, that lifestyle, being a golfer, I'd love to be a golfer. Oh, it'd be fantastic to tour the world, play golf, brilliant. But would you want his upbringing? Would you want the facts that, you know, his dad um, would, you know, really, was really, really harsh on him in, as, as, a, as a kid and would really push him to be constantly training, constantly doing stuff? And he, he would have like a safe word between the two of them, which which they call the E word. And and if he'd say it, like they'd stop training and he'd never, never said it in his life. And like the E word was enough like that. I think, I think that's, I think that's what it was. Maybe it was a slightly different word. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, but anyway, he had a pretty harsh upbringing, pretty strict upbringing. So you may want the outcomes of what someone's life has got, but you might not necessarily want all the inputs that goes into it sacrifices exactly and you might not want his love life and the difficulties he's had with alcohol and the injuries that he's had and all those different things you could it's all well and good saying oh i want his life but hang on a second you've got to do all the other things to get that life you've got to look at everything else that's happened it's the same with being a youtuber for example i use a different example here you might think oh fantastic they have the freedom to do whatever they want they just have to make videos (laughs) easy right easy Mm. okay what about all the years that's gone into that what about all the sacrifices that you, that you make socially? What about, you know, in the case of famous YouTubers, 
not being able to go to a restaurant without having people asking pictures of you uh, for, for pictures of you or people taking pictures of you, not having your privacy, yeah. not being able to go to a, a club yeah. and do something discreetly with somebody in a nightclub or whatever, because everyone's looking at you or whatever. You you can't just look at the sort of outcomes. You also have to look at the other factors involved here. And so being envious of, of lives that you haven't lived doesn't really make a lot of sense. If you just sort of strip it back, you can only really sort of, it's all well and good being envious of the sort of the outcome, but you've also got to realise that there's a lot of things that factor into that. People don't factor in the, the sacrifices made on the journey to get there. This point, you know, this kind of status that's obviously enviable and they don't factor in the pressures that come when you've achieved that status, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a so-called high status or whatever usually the example of tiger woods i say similar examples max verstappen so obviously f1 world champion two years in a row i love f1 i think that'd be awesome if i could do that but he was born and raised by his dad basically he was also an f1 driver but less successful and he was that resentful of being basically always at the back of the grid back of the pack as soon as verstappen max verstappen that is two or three or whatever stick him in a go-kart and this mm-hmm. relentless schedule from a young age of touring europe touring maybe in the world i'm not sure but definitely europe and entering into these go-karting competitions. The kid probably never had any weekends. You know, yeah. I remember being at school, I remember being at primary school and looking forward to Saturday and Sunday. I don't even think I did that much when I was, you know, fucking seven or eight or something, you know, but I still look forward to having my time to myself to do whatever I wanted. Verstappen probably didn't even have that. He can't go to a restaurant now without getting, you know, if he's not getting abused, he's getting selfie requests. And I take a bit of a Roy Keane stance on, you know, your selfie <laughs> requests. I imagine it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. To not being able to go to a restaurant. But you don't look at that, do you? You look at oh, look at him. He's on that podium. He's lifting that trophy. That's amazing. He's at the, the pinnacle of that sport. People don't think what he did to get there. And also, they don't look at the, the flip side of the coin, do they? In terms of that status, having that status. I agree with you completely. Everyone just focuses on like the the outputs as opposed to the sort of inputs that have got to got them to that stage, both good and bad. And I think sometimes people should reflect more on the things that they're able to do that actually celebrities and people that they look up to and wish they were aren't able to do. Yeah. Like how many a lot of people enjoy going to nightclubs or going to festivals, mm-hmm. these kind of things. And okay, I'm sure some celebrities go to nightclubs or festivals, but it's just not the same experience. And perhaps it isn't with their friends. Perhaps they barely see their friends. Like you say, don't really have weekends. The Williams sisters, the tennis players, Serena Williams and Venus Williams, they had a pretty tough upbringing as well, like constantly training for tennis. Do you think they were seeing their mates and going out for coffee mornings and these kind of things? And, (laughs) you know, a little little chin wag and all that kind of thing. They weren't. They weren't going and doing those sort of things. They would have been constantly training in order to get to the top of the, their particular field and yeah. that's the sort of sacrifice that they would have had to have made in order to have done that now of course nice experiences come with it good things come with it but you can't just focus on that and just see that because there are a billion other things that they've also had to go through both good and bad in order to get there these kind of fake comparisons that people make up in their heads is bizarre and you're offer you're working from like an information gap you don't know yeah. sacrifice you but you're completely blind to it people seem to be completely blind to it you're guilty of it myself sometimes i think everyone is i think everyone's guilty of it from time to time and it just needs that sort of constant um constantly sort of reaffirming that okay you're seeing like the outside shell here of this person the sort of the pr version of it the sort of exter- external exterior part of it you're not seeing everything that's gone into creating that person yeah and so there's lots of different experiences which i've had to have foregone and these kind of things it's not necessarily that 
okay, these celebrities might be sad, but it's more the fact that, okay, they have these brilliant lives, lots of resources and all that kind of thing. But just think of how much different your life would have been had you lived that exact same life as them. So the things that you love about your life, going to gigs, seeing your friends on a regular basis, having a bit of flexibility on a weekend or whatever, that wouldn't be there. You've got to bear that in mind when you look at the top sports stars, the top whoever across the world. That isn't there. You've got to subtract that from your life. Ask yourself how you'd feel because you love doing those things before comparing and making those comparisons. On to your next one. Bosh. Yeah, I've uh, done the thing again where I've made a metaphor out of what I'm trying to say. Don't be the person who defines themselves by <laughs> by the fact they hate the bounty in the box of celebration. <laughs> perfect. You know, we're coming up to Christmas as well. So yeah. on the nose, on the button, perfect, pertinent. What I mean by this, though, in more general terms is don't be that person that defines themselves by the things they dislike as opposed to things they like. Mm-hmm. It's very telling about the people you see it on Twitter a lot, but you also hear it in real life who think that they're making a particular point or think that other people will think a certain way about them if they come out in opposition or if they say, I dislike this. I think it's a very negative way of looking at the world. I really vibe with it myself. That sounds a bit too uni, doesn't it? A bit too, mm. but I don't. I just think you become a bit of a drag if you're that person, that friend that says nah, that's a bit shit isn't it yeah, i'm not a fan of that no not a fan of that but you're never you know you're not putting out there what you're actually into what you actually do like you're just ripping other people's interests other people's hobbies whatever i mean you know my, so, hobby, my hobby's not fucking eating bounties but you know what i mean a glass half empty mentality exactly exactly it's about you know your optimism pessimism type of stuff isn't it i hate snickers but i don't fucking bang on about it who oh, hates snickers and celebrations you know what you i mean should. But generalize that to other stuff that's probably more important. Mm-hmm. Do you say, oh, I'm thinking about 13-year-old you comes to me, I'm thinking about setting up a YouTube channel. Why are you doing that? I hate YouTube. Why are you doing that? It must be a lot of effort. I wouldn't do that. Just mm-hmm. because I wouldn't means that you shouldn't. I just, and you know, I've had a few conversations of the like, and I'm just like, that's why I've got this down here. Obviously. <laughs> I'm just like, it just changes the way you look at somebody or it changes the way I look at them anyway. What do you like? What are your interests? What can I extrapolate from that? What do you do in your spare time? I'm not bothered about what you don't do. I'll probably mm-hmm. make some fucking guesses about that. I'm swearing so much this week. It's a sign of a passionate podcast this week, isn't it? <laughs> we we referenced the fact earlier. I hope no 10-year-olds are listening to this. I really don't because they're going to pick up. This is welcome to the real world. Welcome to the fucking real world. We have to <laughs> we have to list these podcasts as explicit exclusively for, for your swearing. <laughs> is that I don't have a problem with it. Is that actually true? Yeah. <laughs> when we do also we do also talk about you know some stuff as well but yeah yeah, yeah i didn't really and you don't really you're not really a swear right not really a swear not really no you're one of those uh you're an arse man you're an arse man yeah. <laughs> arse, but not, not any fun so yeah. i don't even think i'm swearing you see i don't know i guess everyone's got yes. different thresholds yeah exactly yeah exactly different standards but you know what i mean i'm sure you've been around those people as well you put it perfectly with the whole glass half full glass half empty thing they're just a bit annoying but i don't let them drain me but they're just a bit like you know shut up if you've got nothing constructive to add my next rule for life do us all a favor get a skincare routine 
Okay, <laughs> get yourself a little skincare routine. I don't want to see your saggy skin by 26, okay? Look after yourself. Take care of your skin. It's the biggest organ of the body, okay? So I don't want to see your saggy skin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Protect it. Moisturize it. Get some FPF on it. SPF 15 on it. Um, do, you know, if you are using a strong face wash, as I do um, with, with my acne-prone skin, um, well, not not that, you know, we're not trying to get rid of, not trying to get rid I'm of... I'm sure somebody freckles. that we went to school with used to use a something acid, you know, all these scientific names, on their skin to get rid of their spots. I'm yeah, sure sulfuric acid or something, yeah. Somebody did do that, didn't they? I think that is actually something they put into a lot of, of acne uh, treatments. You know, they skin smooth as baby's bottom, they had, so... Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're trying to get rid of freckles, put a bit of lemon juice on that. Um, but no, <laughs> what... What we <laughs> they fade anyway, they fade over time anyway. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, you've got to be careful when you're using harsh chemicals on, on your skin, you've got to then back it up with a moisturizer, a strong moisturizer on an SPF 15. Get yourself in that, get a good skincare routine going, wash twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, and really just look after that biggest organ of the body, really cherish it. You know, it's, it might be your biggest organ, but well, oh. let's not let's not get graphic. We're on an explicit <laughs> podcast again because of you. It's always you. Plus. Great always age. You. Um, lovely age, fine oh. age. I am eighteen plus myself, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> So yeah, get get yourself a skincare routine. Get it done on a nice regular basis. Get find what works for you. Which products have work best for your skin? Some people have more greasy skin. Some people have more dry skin. You've got to find the right products. Some of them feel like you help you a little bit. Some of them they won't. You've got to try. Unfortunately, skincare skin products are a little bit expensive. Unfortunately, yes, and true. so trying a lot of them is difficult. If you can get a prescription or through the NHS, if you're a student or whatever. Go down that route, it's going to be miles cheaper. But yeah, get a skincare routine, obviously. Yeah, this is basically... We don't want you looking like a prune. Go on. <laughs> it's basically what the guy that worked there said to me, but he said it in Italian. So basically, I walk in with my friend who speaks Italian. She's looking for a moist, hand moisturiser, basically. But no, you can get you know, body part-specific moisturisers, but yeah, you can yeah, blush. Yeah. They do all sorts of scents. And he's giving her a trial in the old you know, Italian. You know, thinking, Let's lather you up. Yeah, exactly. But in Italian, make it Italian so it's sexy. Get even sexy. Clothes off. Come on. So he's got her hand over a sink or whatever. I, I'm on my phone and then he's talking to me in Italian because for some reason I look Italian. How many you ginger do. Italians do you know? Good point. Pale skin. Good point. So then suddenly I'm launched into a situation where he's holding my hand and he's rubbing the lather into the palm of my hand. And it's quite sexy. It's like something out of a Patrick Swayze film. Isn't yeah. It? Like, and then, there was and then suddenly, we're, <laughs> suddenly we're shagging. No. And then he starts speaking Italian at me again. I'm like, she, then my friend says to him, he doesn't speak Italian. Mm. Then they start speaking in Italian across me, about me. And then she's laughing away or whatever. Schools are so no inglese. Yeah. <laughs> you can say you've been to Rome. Mm -hmm. Say you've been, sei un bello ragazzo. Right? The only <laughs> lines I know in Italian... Uh, uh, the only lines that's such a pizza for you the only lines i know in italian are flirting which you know probably oh, sums up my week dog. in in milan <laughs> so he's holding your hand but Don't yeah no, so then we walk out and i was saying what was he saying about me in italian and he was saying oh um he thought that you were dating me and he said to me that uh if you don't start taking care of your skin by the time you're 50 <laughs> you'll be really wrinkly and <laughs> he got like this little sample out of her pocket and she was like he gave this to me to give to you so basically, he was slagging me off 
in Italian for free, by the way. He was slagging me off in Italian to my friend, then gave her this moisturizer because he thought that I was going to be. Uh, what did he say? I can't. I think he used words "ugly husband." I would be mm. an ugly husband by the time I was fifty. So you have to be taking care of your skin. Very expensive though, but uh, it's something I'm getting into. I mean, also, I think there might have been a situation there whereby he was saying that to create an insecurity to therefore make you buy a product. That's, that's there, their business model. I've that's, that is capitalism in a nutshell. That's Give that. you insecurities. So yeah. have you got greasy hair? Buy the oh. new L'Oreal. Like that is capitalism in a nutshell. Okay. Yes, it totally is. So, I don't make him feel shit about himself. Yeah. So either he was being honest or he was just trying to get you to buy a product. Either way, great advice. You I really think... use sun cream a lot, or at least you had a history of not using sun cream. This is a good place <laughs> for you to start. I would describe myself as a sun cream truther. Yeah, you're a conspiracy theorist. Doubting the effectiveness of sun cream. <laughs> Or was I downplaying the importance of it where I was like, you know, or like face doesn't really burn anyway. This kind of goes a bit a bit red. Maybe, That's maybe, what burning maybe is. But it goes brown. It goes brown after that. We work our way down the Julux colour charts. I was like, mm. you know, not bothered. But, you know, you don't want, you don't want wrinkles, do you? So I'm on board now. When he was, this Italian dude was slagging me off. I was like, you know, well, you probably should get on it. But I'm not going to buy it from Lush on principle. I think for me, it's uh, yeah, Lush is a strange place to get skincare. I just thought they did bath bombs, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think you know it is, it is important to look after your skin. I'm not necessarily that fussed about lines, but I think lines do get worse if you don't use FPF, uh, SPF. Um, like that is a one one big thing to sort of protect you from the sun all year round. It can be used. It's not even just in the in the sort of peak of of uh, summer. You can use it all year round and just get a moisturizer that's got one embedded in. Get a good routine going. Just look after yourself. It's nice to have sort of smooth skin. I've got mm. a lot of lines, just sort of naturally like laughter lines and stuff. But it's still quite smooth. <laughs> you smooth. didn't have those before we started the podcast, but all yeah, it's all funny. well. I'm it's me laughing at myself. I think <laughs> yeah. the people out there as well are saying, "I'm not too fussed about you know skincare because let's get Botox," which is what people have said. <laughs> one person has said to me before. One. So I'm going to... Big sample size. I'm going to extrapolate from that. That's this week's word of the week. Mm-hmm. That's like refusing to brush your teeth and going, well, it's getting whitened. Yeah. Well, if you can avoid that, avoid it. Mm-hmm. Bit of an inconvenience, you know, Botox in the face and teeth whitening. It takes two minutes to apply like a bit of moisturizer. Not an inconvenience. Uh- I mean, for me personally, I have to do it because like, otherwise I would just be like peeling because I am using quite heavy, um, quite heavy face washes, I guess. And I think it just sort of strips the oils off my skin. So I have to put moisturizer on it. And I think I probably put more of a um, more of an emphasis on skincare because I have had I was born with acne. I was born with it as a kid. So that has meant that I have had to put more of a focus on onto that as that's how I have got into this routine. It's not even like a thing to me it's just like doing brushing my teeth yeah that kind of thing just part of my morning routine put the contact lenses in moisturizer on that kind of thing it's all just part of the same thing exactly solid solid rule for life that on to your next one i'm gonna say two words i'm probably familiar with them amor fatty (laughs) you love it i love it i maybe it's just because it excuses myself of all the you know the previous all your sins Basically, dappy, you know, in English, said no regrets. Mm-hmm. Amounts to the same thing. Amor fati is a it's a Latin phrase, but I think it's Nietzsche, German philosopher. Won't go, won't go too much into his history. I think he was a Hitler advocate. Basically, uh, it's it it just is it, it translates as a love of your fate. So not necessarily no regrets, because I think you can love your fate but still have regrets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all about accepting that what has happened is meant to happen. You have a purpose. That purpose 
is to fulfill your fate. So there's no point looking in the rear view mirrors and going, well, I wish I did that instead of that, or I don't know why I did that. I should have done that. That was meant to happen. But it doesn't mean it should have happened. You know, there's that kind of normative aspect. You should regret it if it happened. It doesn't excuse yourself with that. But it happened. It was meant to happen. So mm-hmm. get over it because there's no point dwelling on the past. Reflect on it. Regret it. But don't dwell on it. Yeah, and also you've got to bear in mind that if you didn't go through that experience, then you wouldn't be the person that you are today as well. And that's providing that you've gone through some work on yourself. Yeah. And regret is a sign that you know, you're a sane person because you yeah. recognize that what you did was wrong, that kind of thing. So it is, I think, healthy, like you say, to just get to a point eventually, and it does take time where you realize, okay, I've done that. I don't like the fact I did that. That doesn't represent me as a person, but I'm now going to move forward and take those experiences with me and make sure that I set myself to a better standard, go forward from whatever mistake it was. And I think just being able to look at it with a, a bigger sort of perspective on that, I realized actually, no, you needed to do those things in order to improve this area of who you are and take you forward from that. So, yeah, it's just, I guess, trying to look at things from a more positive standpoint, even though you may regret things, just look at it from a perspective of actually, I needed those experiences to form who I am now and just sort of take me on this sort of the journey of life, which we're all on. We'll all make mistakes. Yeah, I use fate loosely because I think if you believe, if you truly believe in fate, then you think that everything is predetermined. You're kind of straying into the mm. old like, religious territory. I don't think that. I don't think that whatever is going to happen tomorrow is fateful because it's already pre-programmed to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you are, as an individual, on a kind of journey, shall we say. Uh, you don't know where you're going, but it doesn't mean you're not going on a journey. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. why I look at it. That's how I use fate. It was meant to happen. It wasn't predetermined. It, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily set in stone, but it happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because it happened, that doesn't mean that you should think, you know, I should. I want to change that. I should change that because you can't. What's yeah. the point? Which ties into my last point. If you want me to go onto that, and then you can do go your, for it. Which is only worry about things that are under your control. Mm-hmm. And I think as well tied into that you have to primarily draw happiness from things that you can control mm-hmm. if your happiness comes mostly from things out of your control so for example being in a relationship that's not in your control the other person could end it so if your happiness is primarily like uh, derived from that then you're setting yourself up to lose you're putting yourself in a very insecure mental position where you can switch from being happy to being distraught at the click of somebody else's finger work on yourself, achieve things as an individual that you can be proud of career-wise, friendship-wise, forge those connections. So those things are under your control because you can't derive happiness from a relationship. Can can you think of any other places where you could derive happiness from that is not under your control? A job? I mean, you could lose your job. Yeah, exactly. Don't derive happiness from thinking, yeah, I'm the big I am because the next thing can be sad. Or, you know, if you're really into playing rugby, for example, you can't be so dependent on that. You might get an injury that might stop you from being able to play. Exactly. You have other things. There's footballers that that have gone into spirals of depression because they've had a career-ending injury or they've retired. That's all professional Mm -hmm. footballers do. And they're like, well, what's my purpose now then? What can I achieve now? That's my life. And that comes from focusing too much on deriving happiness from from those kind of temporary, more temporary things. And I'm not saying that every relationship is temporary, but I'm saying that, Somebody can pull the rug from right out under you and change your mood completely. 
And that's not a place as an individual that you should want to be in. Not a very secure mental state to be in. Yeah, I think you don't want to be so completely dependent on the other person for where you derive your happiness from, do you? You think you want to make sure that you have some internal um, sort of, uh, I guess, like a natural um, propensity to to feel happy and content. Yeah. Obviously, when you, if in the example of a relationship, obviously when a relationship ends, you're not going to be sort of happy and jolly necessarily, but it's not al- allowing that to then spiral out into this completely feeling like you're lost and you have nothing in your life. It's like when you've got other things going on, you can't just allow that to be to fill this in the entire void. You've got to have several different things going on. You've got to keep maintaining your friendships. You've got to have different hobbies, different interests. If you allow that to be everything you are, then like you say, if it does go for whatever reason, then that can just feel like the rug is completely taken from underneath you and you've got nothing else to gravitate towards. And then you start filling it with just junk rather yeah. than things that actually are meaningful to you. It, it puts you in a, a weak position vis-a-vis, which, you know, the other person in the sense that if you're relying on them totally for for your happiness, you're going to be quite clingy, you're going to be quite needy because, you know, at the end of the day, that's probably, maybe they're the only thing that's got you got kind of going on, going for you because you're not deriving happiness from, from elsewhere. As humans, we naturally gravitate towards things that make us happy, you know, cause dopamine to be released in our brains. If the only thing that causes dopamine to be released in your brain is seeing the person you're dating, it doesn't even have to be anything meaningful, then you're going to seek that out more often than not. And it puts you, you know, you're always nagging. Oh, can I see you? Can we spend seven nights a week together? Well, well the other person probably don't want that. It's also a, a reason why um, you should do things separately sometimes in relationships as well. You don't have to do everything together. You should have your own hobbies and interests, go meet exactly. your own friends, that kind of thing. Not everything has to be done together. It's nice to do things together, nice to go out and have a meal or whatever but you should also just have like separate moments as well from time to time where you're not with each other because then you also have things to talk about because you've done an activity that they weren't there for and it gives you conversation yeah just generally i think a good thing to do is to not be so dependent on someone it's nice to be close nice to have a good connection but you can also have other things going on in your life yeah same goes for the job chat doesn't it don't Mm -hmm. become your job because that could be a temporary arrangement don't let it define you it's merely an extension of you in the same way a relationship is an extension of you uh not a core kind of characteristic i'm, I'm not a youtuber i make youtube videos it's something i enjoy doing exactly that i really like a number that of different things yeah exactly you don't want people to be looking at you through the prism of youtube who mm. wants to be defined by their profession exactly know? Gonna have more, and I get that it is like a headline thing. I mean, with with the example of YouTuber, like it is a headline thing of that. That's what people introduce me as, that kind of thing. But it's like that's not always the case for everybody. Like some people look for the sort of headlines as to like what we yeah, want to I label mean, this person. It's interesting and it's it's novel, and it, there's a conversation there. Mm-hmm. But you got to go beyond that as well. Yeah, I think that's a good a good sort of general rule is that don't be so dependent on one thing. Try and diversify like a good investment portfolio. Exactly, that you made something so profound and sexy sound boring. <laughs> <laughs> I have a habit of doing that. That's, that's what I do naturally. My final rule for life, don't be an incel. Don't be that. Don't be a cliche. Don't be someone who vapes. You don't want to be these things. I just think it's really important that you, you don't get sucked into these clearly, clearly defined labels of incel vapor you don't want to be a cliche sort of thing i don't want to know one activity and then 
be able to work out all your other activities and all your other interests and all your other opinions from one thing. Be a bit more diversified, have a a range of different interests. I like it when I hear about accountants that are also like um, weightlifters or MMA fighters. I think that's fantastic. I never have guessed that. You're not a cliche. You actually have genuine interests that you actually care about. And again, it goes a little bit back to design your, um, live your life by design, not default. But be somebody with a wide ranging and sort of unpredictable set of things that you like met somebody recently and she was like she did boxing classes on the side i was like i was not expecting that you've taken by surprise i love it i love it because like i'd never have guessed that that's a fantastic thing to sort of surprise people with and even if you don't want to necessarily be doing things to surprise other people with but you do want to be someone that's a bit sort of unpredictable you don't want to be a cliche of like exactly oh you're you're this way and so therefore you must have this opinion or you must like doing this you might must like this band because you look like this and it's like try and create (laughs) try and be a bit more unique we've all met those people that you look at them and you're like yeah you're quite clearly into heavy metal i can guess your music taste yeah you know what i mean like we've all met those sort of people because they sort of try and dress like them or you just sort of see it because they're a bit of a cliche don't try not to be that try and try to stray away from it try and be your own person have your own interests, your own tastes. Don't be led by the sort of crowd of your ideology or interest group or whatever thing it is. Just try and be a little bit more diversified, be a bit more interesting for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, well, you're gay and you're a fascist. That doesn't make sense, but I'll go. That's what I'm talking about. Be a far right feminist, be a gay <laughs> fascist, be something that doesn't make any sense. Be yeah. like an ice cream van driver who's also in a band. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Pretty cool. I think as well, if you're, you know, if you're in the Rocky or Crocs mindset, you're not caring about what the people are thinking. You're, there's not this kind of determinism around kind of, oh, what's a good example? I'm an accountant, so I must be boring mm. type thing. No, don't care about what the people think. Don't conform to that stereotype. Yeah, I'm an accountant. Yeah, I love spreadsheets, but in my spare time, I play beach volleyball. I don't know. Yeah. You know? throwing those curveballs only kind of i have a brazilian wife do you know what i mean like a little <laughs> bit different those curveballs are only thrown when those individuals that are throwing the curveballs have dispelled with any kind of sense of other people must think this of me so i'll do this type thing mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a great example of living free exactly Which people is... would see this face and they'd have no idea that these crocs are being rocked under this desk but they are exactly And on that note, we'll end the podcast here. (laughs) Goodbye.